Hello, it's David here, and thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe and give us a rating, too, on your podcast provider. You can also get in touch on social media. Use the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Would you shop in your neighbour for breaking social distancing rules? Could it possibly be applied to uh, saying hello to somebody or, or holding the door open for them? It's rather important to people if they're trying to approach these social gatherings within the spirit of the rules that have been set down. Our courts correspondent Tristan Kirk explains the laws while the government's accused of creating a snoopers charter. And former Prime Minister David Cameron has finally spoken out. He was, shall I say, a bit more gentle in his approach to criticising Boris Johnson compared to Blair and Major. Political reporter Sophia Slay as David Cameron becomes the fifth former PM to warn Boris Johnson against breaking international law over Brexit. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, how will the rule of six be enforced? This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. According to Policing Minister Kit Malthouse, you should absolutely call the police if you see your neighbours having more than six people round the house. That's after the rule of six came into force last night, despite claims it will keep families apart and ruin Christmas. And if you do get dobbed in by next door, you could be fined £100, with penalties doubling for further offences up to £3,200. Our editorial column worries things have gone too far. From solidarity to spying, nothing sums up the crushing of hope and goodwill more than this set of incomprehensible rules. The proud and moving community spirit which carried our country through the start of this nightmare is being killed by a government which no longer trusts the people to do the right thing. It has swapped hope for a snooper's charter. Remember why the spring lockdown worked? 
Not because it was enforced by a sinister new breed of Covid marshals patrolling the streets or by neighbours shopping each other to the police, but because people understood the rules, why they were needed, and most cooperated. Very few people were fined. We need to get back to the spirit of spring. That means helping our neighbours, not spying on them. Our Codes correspondent Tristan Kirks here. Tristan, let's start with what's actually in these new laws. And they came in very last minute last night, didn't they? Uh, yes, the, the new legislation for the uh, the Rule of Six, as it's being called, uh, only got, actually got published about uh, 25, 30 minutes before the the law was due to come into effect. So although there was an announcement made earlier on, uh, a few days earlier, and, and the, the Rule of Six has been heavily trailed over over the course of the week, the actual laws that back it up and what uh, what people might have to look at if they were accused of breaking it were only published very close to midnight. And there are some exemptions, aren't there? What kind of things can people do under this new rule of six? Well, so the headline is that uh, that gatherings on on social occasions are, are limited to six people, but there are a whole whole host of exemptions that people can be in, in, in more numbers. So an, an obvious example would be uh, a large-scale protest where there's obviously going to be more than six people in, in a certain area at the same time. Uh, other examples are weddings, funerals, uh, and workplaces, schools, colleges. So th- th- there's, there's a whole world of uh, exemptions from the rule of six, which tends to apply to anything that could be loosely des- described as a, as a social occasion. Or gathering. One thing you can't do is mingle, Tristan. Is there a legal definition for the word mingle? There isn't a legal definition for the word mingle. It is a brand new legal term as far as anyone can can tell and somewhat unfortunately it's been included in this new law that everyone is grappling with but with no uh, proper explanation as to what it means. So in the normal course of events, people know what mingling is, but it, could it possibly be applied to uh, saying hello to somebody or, or holding the door open for them? Th- these these may seem like trivial points in the grand scheme of things, but actually it's rather important to people if they're trying to approach these social gatherings within the spirit of the rules that have been set down. They need to understand exactly what the rules say. That's the kind of thing that lawyers love to discuss, isn't it, Tristan? Well, obviously, the lawyers have have been analysing these these new rules quite closely, and the rules that have come before them. Because uh, when push comes to shove, and and people are are accused of breaking the rules, then that's going to be critical that the the laws have been drafted in in terms that people can actually understand. Because if they're so widely drafted or, or loosely termed that people can't understand what they actually apply to, then the chances are that, that uh, when it comes to a court of law, for example, or the police uh, enforcing the law on the streets, that they won't be able to do their jobs properly. What have the police said about enforcing the law on the streets? Because you're our court correspondent, Tristan. Are we expecting lots of people to be ending up in court over this? Well, frankly, we're not expecting people to end up in court over this. Uh, I was uh, watching closely as as the as the lockdown came in in late March, and there was a, a rash of prosecutions 
of people who were accused of breaking the lockdown in uh, late March and early April and through until mid-May. And that was when everyone was told, basically, stay at home unless you've got a really pressing reason to go outside again. But since since mid-May, essentially uh, in London, they've stopped bringing court cases for people who've been accused of uh, breaking the lockdown rules in some way or the other. And, and that's because the the lockdown rules became in my view very very complicated and enforcing them in a in a court setting would have been even more complicated and perhaps wouldn't be seen as as worth it but the police began very quickly to adopt an alternative approach to these rules where instead of uh slapping people with fines and then perhaps taking them to court they would try to educate people encourage them to follow the rules and do anything else but enforce the rules that they could possibly do, because frankly, there's there's a lot. There would be a lot of time and energy taken up in the the police forces and the courts in trying to enforce these rules by the legal proceedings, and they perhaps took a view that it wasn't worth their time and energy to do that. So they, there were better ways of going about it. Next. It looks like they're starting to get a little bit worried, actually. There is this growing Tory rebellion against the, the UKIM bill. Sophia Slay has some of the Tories' biggest names fuel rumblings of a rebellion over the internal market bill. That's the one that breaks international law. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. David Cameron is now the fifth former Prime Minister to warn Boris Johnson not to break international law as up to 20 Conservative MPs threatened to join a rebellion in the Commons. It's over a vote on the internal market bill, which is in its committee stage. Our political reporter Sophia Slay is here. Sophia, what's Mr Cameron said? Uh, yeah, so, so basically former Prime Minister David Cameron has finally spoken out um, about this UK internal markets bill. Lots of people have sort of been saying, oh, you know, where's, where's David? Where's David Cameron? He's been, you know, super quiet the past few days. You know, Britain's Prime Ministers have come out. We've had Blair, Brown, Major, May have all come out and sort of warned Boris Johnson not to go breaking international law and some have been quite forthright in what they've said actually. Um, Cameron was very very measured in his approach this morning in his clips. Um, he, He was shall I say a bit more gentle in his approach to criticising Boris Johnson compared to Blair and Major who uh, basically they teamed up in a piece for the Sunday Times over the weekend saying um, that the government's way of negotiating was in pursuit of ideology and, and cavalier bombast that was irresponsible, wrong and dangerous. Um, in comparison, Cameron's sort of said... You know, defying the law is very, very last thing you should ever contemplate. And he very sort of gently said that he had misgivings about Mr. Johnson's tactics. It's a quite a different approach, still critical, but, but you know, much more gentle, as I said. Um, and, and he did also sort of acknowledge that Boris Johnson's in a very tricky negotiation at the moment um, and, and 
he sort of gave him this sort of caveat that that breaking an international treaty should only ever be the sort of absolute final resort. Yeah, so David Cameron being measured, I think, might be the right way to describe it there. But he is the fifth PM, as you said, to come out against this. And there is going to be this vote for the internal market bill. There are quite a number of Tory MPs who may not vote for it. No, and it looks like they're starting to get a little bit worried, actually. Um, There is this growing Tory rebellion against the the UKIM bill. Um, And and it's coming from quite a lot of, you know, big Tory grandees as well. Um, Over the weekend, Geoffrey Cox as well, the former Attorney General, has said, you know, this is a matter of honour. We should obey treaties that have been signed in good faith. Um, And, um, you know, they've also come up against sort of barriers in the Lords as well. Michael Howard and people like that have spoken out, you know, quite strongly against it. Um, The sort of suggestion this morning from uh, the policing minister, Kit Malthouse, was, you know, the problem can go away if the EU basically confirmed that that the UK can export foodstuffs to Northern Ireland from the mainland unhindered. But also another sort of sign that that they are getting, and maybe the whips office may be getting a little bit worried about the numbers for this vote, um, is we've just found out this afternoon as well that there's been a bit of a change in plan um, for this afternoon's debate. Boris Johnson's actually going to open the debate and it was going to be uh, Business Secretary Alok Sharma originally, um, which, which suggests the numbers might be looking a little bit tighter than they originally thought. So a bit of a change in plan. We've got the Prime Minister... Uh, up on his feet this afternoon making the case for it so that will be interesting it will, it will also be um, doubly interesting as well as um, Sakir Starmer won't be appearing uh, we've, we found out a few hours ago that Sakir's been told to stay at home and self-isolate because a member of his family has uh, shown coronavirus symptoms but he's going to be replaced by Ed Miliband the shadow business secretary And that's Alida. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>